This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That's a horrifying amateur video, folks, of shots ringing out today in in Virginia, just outside the U.S. Capitol. Several rounds being fired, and that was the scene early this morning, about 7.15 local time on the East Coast, where the Republicans were taking to the baseball field to practice for the annual event between the Democrats and the Republicans, a charity baseball event. This year they were expecting to raise about $650,000 for charity, but that I, many don't believe that's going to be happening. Let's listen in. Folks, we've kept the video going. And now that sounds like small small arms fire. Um, we've kept the video going since we started the show. And that's and this is this is only about two minutes of it. And from our from our understanding, this was about a 10-minute shootout. Uh, welcome to the Chris Salcedo show, and I'm glad you've all tuned in. That was just a, a sampling of what Republican lawmakers were were dealing with this morning at 715. At a small baseball field uh, outside the nation's capital. Uh, The individual who pulled the trigger several times of what's being described as a a high-powered rifle and a handgun has been identified and was, well, I, I remember this morning when I was covering it, uh, the aftermath on an earlier version of the Chris Salcedo show. Uh, the individual had been identified by the Washington Post, and we didn't feel comfortable because of the the nature of that 
so-called news organization actually hitting the air with that with, with that information because it was you know that that publication is so often wrong on what it prints these days so after several others had started reporting it then we were comfortable in reporting that James T Hodgkinson from Illinois was the shooter and has passed away. As a matter of fact, we learned that he had passed away from his injuries from the president of the United States at an earlier press conference, and we will, we will play that for you, where he stuck a very, struck a very unifying tone. And it was, uh, it was something that is, is needed. We said on this program, is either yesterday or the day before last, when we we brought together a slew of stories about the play in New York depicting Donald Trump as being Julius Caesar, ripe for assassination, uh, the calls for the assassination of Donald Trump or violence against those who are conservatives who try to speak on college campuses, or you have CNN's Fareed Zakaria, Praising the production in New York, the, sh- the, the production of Julius Caesar, depicting Donald Trump as the, as the emperor being assassinated. Fareed Zakaria, the pride and joy of CNN, declaring that a masterpiece. And a day after doing so, an individual takes to the baseball field where Republicans were practicing for this charity event and opens fire. Now, you look on this man's webpage, according to, as a matter of fact, it was the Washington Post that first got up this information about who this individual was. As I said, he passed away. And when you look at this individual's Facebook page, you realize that he's a Bernie Sanders supporter, that he's a socialist, that he advocates for democratic socialism, which is basically socialism you vote for. That's the only difference between democratic socialism and socialism. Trump is a traitor on his Facebook page, allegedly from James T. Hodgkinson. Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump and company. Now, think about this. I want you guys to consider this, and I've got all manner of sound bites, and I think the right tone being struck by members of Congress. But Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump and company. The, those words could have been said by any number of elected officials. Over the last seven months, Maxine Waters, uh, Congressman Al Green from Texas, the vice presidential candidate in the last election, Senator Tim Kaine, who urged Democrats to, quote, fight in the streets, end quote, against Donald Trump. This man, I think it's fair to say, this deranged, 
crazy socialist was a product of the steady drumbeat of hate in and out of the basket of bias press from Democrats in and out of the biased press. Now look, um, I, I do not want to say that these lawmakers are responsible for his actions. And that's not what I'm saying. This man was responsible for his actions. But what this man did, and the reasons why he did it, was he believed everything that was being said. He heard the calls to take to the streets. He heard that Trump was a traitor. He heard that Trump was an, a, a foreign agent of the Russians. He heard that Donald Trump destroyed our democracy. Who's been saying that? And he believed it. And he believed it. And for the last seven months, even longer than that, to be quite frank, one segment of our society has been whipped up into a frenzy. Being told that Donald Trump is Satan, that Donald Trump needs to be taken care of, that Donald Trump is guilty and should go to prison for treason. <laughs> and they believe this stuff. And people like me, people like Glenn, a lot of the talkers are... I said it just, just a day and a half ago. We, we've got to stop. This has got to stop. But instead of being treated with, man, that's, that's just terrible. There were those who were gleeful about Kathy Griffin holding up the severed head of a, an imaginary head of Donald Trump. There were those who were gleeful, said she shouldn't have apologized. And from Tim Kaine to Maxine Waters to Al Green, their irresponsible rhetoric as quote-unquote leaders. There's a reason why people like me and others say, you ought not be doing that. You ought not be doing that. Because somebody out there is going to take you seriously. I never did. Conservatives don't. Republicans don't. Independents don't. Clear-thinking Democrats don't. But there's going to be somebody like this cat from Illinois. James T. Hodgkinson, who, by the way, was a volunteer in the elect Bernie Sanders for president campaign. Bernie Sanders has rightfully come out and condemned this. He was sickened to realize this individual worked for him. But to these Democrats, I would ask, what do you expect? Quote, I have just been informed that the alleged shooter at the Republican baseball practice is someone who apparently volunteered on my presidential campaign. Senator Sanders said. It's, you know, I, I actually had some people email me today on the, on the left saying, you get on the radio every day and you are filled with hate. Oh, I'm filled. With, see, 
they want to classify my disagreeing with their policy positions as hateful. I call socialists anti-American. That's hateful. No, it's not hateful. It's true. The United States of America was not founded to be a socialist nation. That's not who we are as a country. So if you advocate for a different system of government, then you are by definition anti-American. If you don't like socialism, and I don't blame you for not liking socialism, then don't be a socialist. But many of those in our political opposition do advocate and pull and support socialism. And when a socialist takes up weaponry and decides to blow people away, I was confronted with Gabby Giffords today. Gabby Giffords! Yeah, she was gunned down by another leftist. Remember the communist manifesto they had? They found in his possession? Another leftist! You see, these people are behaving as those with that particular ideological mindset behave historically. Seen Venezuela lately? Had a look at Cuba lately? Remember Soviet Russia? Remember, you see how the Chinese cracked down? Taking a trip to North Korea lately, have you? This is where that ideological persuasion leads. And of course I oppose it. Yes, I can say definitively I hate socialism. I hate communism. But it doesn't mean I hate people. I hate the policies. Because I understand where it all leads. It leads to what we saw today. I'll be back in a minute. It's Chris Salcedo's show on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. I, I want to go through, uh, we're going to kind of take a walk back in time. Uh, for those of you who have not heard the early morning stuff and the accounts, that they're, they're, they're truly harrowing. I'm going to work my way back to them because I want to, uh, to give some of the president's address, if not all of it. It's four minutes. It wasn't very long, but he didn't get partisan at all. So here is uh, President Donald Trump earlier today in the wake of the shootings in Virginia. Shortly after 7 a.m. this morning, 
A gunman opened fire on members of Congress and their staffs as they were practicing for tomorrow's annual charity baseball game. Authorities are continuing to investigate the crime, and the assailant has now died from his injuries. This was uh, this was breaking news this morning when the president broke that. He was getting real-time updates, and people were like, whoa! So, I mean, the, the president was literally breaking news when he jumped in front of the cameras and, and said this stuff. Steve Scalise, who was the majority whip in the House of Representatives, was was wounded and was taken to surgery. Matt Micah, Officer David Bailey, Officer Crystal Griner, and Zach Barth, the other individuals who were hit by this guy who had a some sort of rifle. Some are calling it an AK-47, though I can't confirm it, and a handgun. And there's an account from Congressman DeSantis and... Joe Barton and Chris Collins, Republicans, who said that they also heard this account of a couple of congressmen coming off the field, heading back to Capitol Hill, and some guy fitting the description of the shooter, saying, hey, are these Republicans or Democrats out here on the baseball field? So all, it's Republicans. And then moments later, the, the shots started to ring out. So uh, the president here... Uh, talking about the shooter sustaining wounds. The reason why the shooter did sustain wounds was because Steve Scalise was there and his security detail and the Capitol Police were there. If Scalise had not been on the baseball diamond, these lawmakers would have been sitting ducks. There would have been no ability for anybody to return fire. The Virginia police who responded took them about three minutes to get there. So these lawmakers would have been under fire for three minutes without any way to respond. Without any way to respond. And you will probably not be surprised to learn, ladies and gentlemen, that our political opposition has already taken to the airwaves and to social media to blame the gun writes Andrew Follette. It didn't take long for liberal pundits to reignite the gun control debate after a gunman opened fire on Republican lawmakers and staff at a baseball practice Wednesday morning, wounding Louisiana Representative Steve Scalise and four others. The prominent liberal pundits and journalists, making air quotes with my fingers, used the Twitter hashtag gun control to bash Republican opposition to gun control and to push for more gun regulations not long after news of the shooting broke. The title of the piece is Steve Scalise was still bleeding and liberals were calling for gun control. Let me provide an alternative view. You, everyone within the sound of my voice, you are the first responder. I took a brilliant phone call from a young woman today who said, you know, after seeing what had happened out here in Virginia, I am painfully aware that if I needed to give first aid to somebody, I wouldn't know the first thing to do. Tomorrow we have somebody coming on the program who will talk about this ability that everybody should know first aid. Not only to help yourself perhaps survive an incident like this, but others around you. And the same goes for your God-given 
Second Amendment rights of self-defense. Had every one of those lawmakers been packing, this, this, this guy wouldn't have stood a chance. I'll bet you that one of the Republican lawmakers has already been quoted as saying, I'm going to be packing from now on. You can bet I'm going to be packing from now on. And think about what these gun control freaks are advocating. They're actually openly advocating that those lawmakers, those who are, you know, well, they're Republicans, so they were behaving within the law, <laughs> be left defenseless to someone who violates the law. Hear this and hear this good. The biggest risk in a free society is that someone will abuse that freedom. Do you understand me? The solution isn't to take away the freedom of everybody else because somebody abused the freedom. The solution is to expand the freedom for the law-abiding, not punish the law-abiding for the idiotic behavior of freaks. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We also commend the brave first responders from Alexandria Police Fire and Rescue who rushed to the scene. Everyone on that field is a public servant. Our courageous police, our congressional aides who work so tirelessly behind the scenes with enormous devotion and our dedicated members of Congress who represent our people. We may have our differences, but we do well in times like these to remember that everyone who serves in our nation's capital is here because, above all, they love our country. We can all agree that we are blessed to be Americans, that our children deserve to grow up in a nation of safety and peace, and that we are strongest when we are unified. President Donald Trump with a message that many regarded as presidential unifying and something that's sorely missed, in particular on the other side of the aisle, his political opposition. Newt Gingrich made mention of this on Fox. I think he was very presidential. I think he did what the president should do, which is try to bring us all together uh, at a moment when there is a crisis and a moment when I, I watched Bill Clinton do this brilliantly after the Oklahoma City bombing. I mean, he he brought the country. It was really was the beginning of his comeback was his ability to bring the country together in a moment of crisis. And I thought President Trump did a good job. Yeah, I think he did a good job, too, on this. And I'm going to I'm going to spread some bipartisan attaboys when I get to it. But Newt Gingrich. Did strike a tone that, that I started the show with was which was this. The temperature in this country is way too hot. And the temperature in this country was not driven up by conservatives or by the Republican Party, but driven up by those who lost the last presidential election. 
And we've already discussed the rhetoric, and Newt Gingrich wanted to point that out. We are told in this case, and this is the only point I want to make to just try to drive this home. We're told in this case, this guy goes out and says, are they Democrats or Republicans? Well, that's a pretty directed kind of behavior. Uh, I don't know of any time in recent history where you've had the kind of level of intensity that we see growing. Now, maybe you're right, and maybe this is the moment everybody takes a step back, but we have no evidence of that, and I have been communicating. As I said, I go out on campuses. I have young people tell me how threatened they are. Yeah, the, the, the snowflakes. They're threatened by the mere presence of Donald Trump. And their paranoia is fed by those in academia and those who populate the vast majority of the basket of biased press. They think the world's coming to an end because they're told it is nearly on a daily basis. The human psyche can't take that for very long. In particular, those who are not used to being told no, like our political adversaries, folks. Um, then there was how the House of Representatives responded. And I, you know what, th this one I am going to let play out. This, th th I broke this up into two sound bites, but I thought they were very good. Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, took to the floor and said this. My colleagues, there are very strong emotions throughout this House today. We are all horrified by this dreadful attack on our friends and on our colleagues and those who serve and protect this capital. We are all praying for those who are attacked and for their families. Steve Scalise, Zachary Barth, Matt Micah, Special Agent David Bailey, Special Agent Crystal Griner. We are all giving our thoughts to those currently being treated for their injuries at this moment. And we are united. We are united in our shock. We are united in our anguish. An attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. So that was the sentiment and that and I can tell you everyone was standing inside of the House of Representatives when Paul Ryan had said what he had just said. An attack on one is an attack on all. I have not seen that type of bipartisanship in an awful long time, probably since 9-11. And I, I tweeted this out earlier and I'll reiterate it. Wouldn't it be ironic if this act of left-wing extremism, of hate, would be enough to finally wake this nation up and come together? I don't know if it's going to happen. But if it was enough for these Democrat leaders to recognize the responsibility they have in their rhetoric, I don't know. Uh, I've, I don't have my hopes high, but, you know, uh, they're there. And what I saw today, a unified house for the first time in an awful long time. But maybe, maybe. And then Speaker Ryan 
said this this idea of civility we need to get it back Their stories and we will have the chance to hold up their heroism my colleagues there are so many memories from this day that we will want to forget and there are so many images that we will not want to see again but there is one image in particular that this house should keep and that is a photo I saw this morning of our Democratic colleagues gathered in prayer this morning after hearing the news. You know, every day we come here to test and to challenge each other. We feel so deeply about the things that we fight for and the things that we believe in. At times, our emotions can clearly get the best of us. We're all imperfect. But we do not shed our humanity when we enter this chamber. For all the noise and all the fury, we are one family. These were our brothers and sisters in the line of fire. These were our brothers and sisters who ran into danger and saved countless lives. So before this house returns to its business, let's just slow down and reflect to think about how we're all being tested right now because we are being tested right now. I ask each of you to join me to resolve to come together, to lift each other up, and to show the country, to show the world that we are one house, the people's house, united in our humanity. It is that humanity which will win the day, and it always will. God bless. I yield. I, I don't care who you are, I think that's pretty damn good. Um, I really, I, it's, it's a sentiment that we're, we're missing. It's a, it's a sentiment that hasn't been in, in, inside of this country in an awful long time. And I, you know, I, you guys know who I would trace that back to. And, and the reasons being that we had somebody who was at the top for the last eight years who, div, who worked on dividing this country for political advantage. And now that he's gone, maybe we, we take this opportunity to unite once again. Uh, Nancy Pelosi did get up in front of her colleagues and did, did make a statement. I, I rise to join the distinguished speaker in paying tribute to the brave men and women of the Capitol Police Force and also in sadness for the assault that was made on our colleagues and members of the staff. To my colleagues, you're going to hear me say something you've never heard me say before. I identify myself with the remarks of the speaker. <laughs> They're beautiful remarks, Mr. Speaker. Thank you so much for the sentiments that they represent. Thank you so much. All right, what do you guys think? 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Is this a turning point? Have we finally gotten there? Now that we've, and thankfully the only person who died was the, the nutball. Or do the folks in the press, do the folks on the extreme left, do they keep pushing? And will the only thing that turns us around is if somebody dies? Uh, I just want to know what you guys think. Could this be the turning point?
where we get back to being America again. 888 You found the Salcedo Show. Glad you made it, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I want to thank Raven for sending out this tweet. Uh, This is CNN audio. Listen, folks, this is, I had forgotten all about this. I don't even know if we actually talked about this. I remember seeing it, but I don't think we got it on the air. Bannon is still very strong. Jared Kushner, um, maybe one of the people who has to die if, uh, you know, if, if, Things do not go well. White House turns to Democrats after health care loss. And this was a guest on CNN. And I imagine the point she was trying to make is that somebody close to the president must die before he abandons getting rid of Obamacare, which, of course, is making health care so inexpensive that nobody can afford it. But again, this this was. On, now I'm and again, CNN could have prohibited this woman from ever coming back, but these are the kinds of people that they book on their programs. Bannon is still very strong. Jared Kushner, um, maybe one of the people who has to die if uh, you know if if things do not go well. So I got I got to say that, that this type of rhetoric has a cumulative effect, and it has been consistent it has been in your face it has been the steady drumbeat for the last seven to eight months on that channel on on the leader of the basket of bias they have fomented this this hatred for donald trump the i mentioned this earlier but it bears repeating the potty mouthed uh pundit fareed zakaria who cursed up a storm in berating Donald Trump hailed the production that cast him as the emperor being stabbed to death praised it and this is what passes for civility over at CNN he who was this the Daily Wire Fareed Zakaria CNN serial plagiarist <laughs> writes Daily Wire, Fareed Zakaria. I just call him an extremist left winger, a, a, a extremist left winger potty mouth. Went to see the production of Julius Caesar in New York Central Park. Um, if you uh, if you're in New York City, go see Julius Caesar free in Central Park. Zakaria tweeted 13 days ago, Bri- brilliantly interpreted for Trump era, a masterpiece. He called. The assassination, the mock assassination of the president, a masterpiece. And this guy is a regular over at CNN. I just, folks, it, when do we say enough? And I asked about this a few days ago. When do we say enough is enough? Now, let me get into some of the, what happened this morning. This is Joe Barton 
and Pete Meehan talking about the alleged encounter with this shooter. So we just left Jeff Duncan from South Carolina. Jeff generally plays shortstop or third base, Trent Kelly. And uh, Jeff was leaving with another member, uh, Ron DeSantis, who would have all been positioned in the infield. Uh, as is customary, we all have responsibilities to get back to. So sometimes people will finish what they're doing and leave a little early. As Jeff was walking out, he actually saw the shooter who spoke to him and said, uh, you know, who are those guys? He said, that's the congressional baseball team. He said, what are they, Republicans or Democrats? And he said, they're the Republicans. And uh, that was the conversation he had, and it was only as they were driving they back said he that they acted heard the a little reports. weird. Yeah. yeah. He did. Said he acted a little weird, and then the aforementioned Congressman DeSantis hopped onto Fox News this morning and basically... This was his account. Well, it's interesting. Uh, we were out there. We, we've been doing this for you know however many weeks. The game's tomorrow night. And um, I actually left a little early, probably about a couple minutes before this all happened. And as I was getting into the car with one of my colleagues, Jeff Duncan, there was a guy that walked up to us that was asking whether it was Republicans or Democrats out there. And it was just a little odd. And then he kind of walked towards uh, the area where all this happened so we've we've told the police that was he carrying anything he was not carrying anything um at the time um but from where the shots were i would think that that would have probably been staged because there was no one that was obviously walking around with a rifle um at the time so um there you go these individuals uh were targeted by uh, and again, th- th- there are there are three three different sources now that I have heard that said this individual asked, "Hey, who are the baseball players out there?" Uh, recognizing that they would be either Republicans or Democrats, he wanted to make sure he got the right field. And this idea of staging, hiding a weapon to where he could find it when it, you know, because he wasn't wanting to walk around with a rifle and a gun in plain sight. Uh, more to come, folks. Uh, hour two of the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll get to your calls as well. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events pop culture and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's hour two on the Chris Salcedo Show, and you guys are going nuts on that uh, <laughs> that's CNN. I just tweeted it, retweeted it out. Uh, again, thanks to Raven for bringing it to my attention. And I talked about it on the radio, and all of a sudden you all are finding it on Twitter. And just sharing it like crazy. But you see, this is the type of rhetoric that has become acceptable. Now, if you were to ask some uh, person over at CNN, was this acceptable? They say, well, of course not. And that woman won't be back on our air, yada, yada, yada. But these are the type of people who say those type of provocative things that they find to get on their air. Fareed Zakaria cursed up a storm on CNN, and he's still there. He praised a play that that showed Donald Trump getting stabbed over and over and over again. And in this political climate, 
that that they have helped foment these last seven or eight months. That's dangerous. And I think we're seeing the culmination of all of this. Now, Joe Barton, you heard him, you heard about him briefly there before we went to the break. And he is the he was the manager of the GOP team. And here he is giving his recount of what happened this morning. Came out to practice, started shooting. He shot at Trent Kelly, our third baseman. He shot at Steve Scalise, our second baseman. He hit Steve Scalise. There, Scalise's security detail and Capitol Hill police immediately began. To return fire. You could tell he's a little emotional there. Again, this is this is mo- he's still in his baseball uniform. As a matter of fact, I think he's on Fox right now, um, at a press conference. Managers of Capitol Hill congressional baseball teams holding a news conference. So it's it's Barton and uh, his Democrat counterpart up there. I, I think I don't think this baseball game that's scheduled for tomorrow night is going to go through, folks. To be honest with you, although I haven't received official word, I think maybe that's the reason why for this joint press conference. Let me see if I can get into the uh, the flip around apparatus here and hear what and hear what they are saying. Hold on a second. We left it obviously to the speaker and Mrs. Pelosi and the Capitol Hill Police to make the final decision, but he and I both thought that the game should go on. And again, you you can be a liberal Democrat or conservative Republican or somewhere in between and discuss your issues on the floor and not go out in the lobby and get in a fist fight. This gentleman apparently drove 800 miles. Now, whether he came with intent, who knows? We'll never know since he passed away. But but we need to take a step back. And I think at our level, we're, we should be a part of that. Pro- That's why we're holding a joint press conference. Do you think the climate's changed up here as members for you? I think the Internet and Twitter and all the instantaneous instantaneity, if that's the right way to say it, of the news cycle has has made it more impersonal and members flying back to their districts every weekend. Very few members live up here. Um, you know, it is a different climate today than it was in 1985 when I first got elected. Um, uh, part of it's technology. Uh, and, and part of it is the way politics have evolved to this the attack politics and the 15-second attack ads and things like that. Or devolve, depending on your perspective. So, yeah, apparently they want uh, the baseball game to go on. So the managers of both the baseball teams, the Republican Joe Barton and his Democrat counterpart, they're saying the game will be played. They will not be cowed. They will not be frightened or intimidated. Uh, back to this morning's Back to this morning's uh, harrowing experience as articulated by Joe Barton. Again, in this particular sound by folks you're listening to, that was live a moment ago. This is Joe Barton still in his manager's baseball uniform. And Alexander Police also immediately came and began to return fire. They shot the shooter, and I think the security detail saved a lot of lives because they attacked the shooter. So the heroes are the Capitol Hill Police, Alexander Police, and Steve Scalise's security detail. 
you know what the shooter looked like? Did you get a look he, at him? He was a middle-aged um, man, um, blue jeans and a blue shirt. Uh, I think he was Anglo, and uh, he had, a, he had a, a rifle, and I think he had an automatic pistol, but I wouldn't swear to Carson, Martin, can you at least tell us what it must have been like in this idyllic setting to suddenly have this kind of thing Well, look, there's going to be all kinds of, you know, I'm the manager of the team, um, several people, the security people were hit. One of our staffers were hit. Scalise was hit. Uh, I've talked to the speaker. I've talked to the Capitol Police. There, I'm sure there'll be some sort of a general statement later on. But luckily, no one appeared to be killed. And again, I, I just want to thank the security detail because they said there. Yeah, there Mr. Gordon, how long did, did the, how, how long did it last? What in ten minutes? About five ten? to ten minutes. There were dozens, if not hundreds, of shots fired. Okay. It was it was scary. Did you take cover? Of course we did. Where did you take cover? We got some of us were in the dugout. Some of us were on the ground. I was behind the dugout. My son Jack got under an SUV, and uh, he was very brave. My other son Brad was in. Uh, in the uh, batting cage, and he also was <laughs> Jack and Brad, his sons, see that this was supposed to be a fun event. Congressman Barton had his children with him. And it's it's rather emotional. Let's get uh, back out of this live press conference with managers of both these baseball teams. There wasn't the internet. But, you know, now people get information out of a fire hydrant. Uh, much of it without a filter. Uh, and and, um, and the level of discourse has become, uh, it's not first, people don't look at each other eye to eye to, you know, they, they use the two thumbs and, and insult one another. Uh, and, and there's, it, it, it's, I just think, lessen the civility uh, in, in uh, not, just our, not just in politics, but in, in day-to-day interaction with, with people uh, that, that you see out, outside, too. So it's, it's just a different era we're operating in that, that is a little bit tougher than the one we operated in prior to all these changes. When my son Jack was born, I was... Uh, chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee, and Jack got as many presents from the Democrats as he did from the Republicans, um, and he still has some of those. Uh, he's grown up. He lives in Texas with his mother. Um, we're divorced, but he's, he's grown up in the Congress, and he comes up every year, and when he comes on the floor, uh, he'll touch base with with uh, some of the Republicans from Texas, and then he'll make a beeline to the Democrat side to talk to Cedric Richmond, uh, to Mike Doyle, uh, and when John Dingell was still in Congress, yeah, uh, to John Dingell. So he he is he is an example of of bipartisanship in himself, and uh, what a bygone era that is. You could hear Joe Barton choking up. Why wouldn't he? I can imagine those who have been in the political trenches a lot longer than certainly the Chris Salcedo show has been in existence. Uh, seeing the sorry state of affairs we find our country in. And again, I, uh, I blame the last eight years 
for this degradation. We didn't have a unifier in the Oval Office. We had someone who, who was very, very, was, was very partisan. Um, and I, I think, and again, I, I know this is going to sound partisan of me, and I'm not being partisan. I just maybe I'm, maybe I'm being ideological, but. This loss of civility, I don't think you can blame it all on technology. I don't think you can blame it. But I will agree with the congressman, both of them, the Republican and the Democrat, that that social media does provide a little bit of this or maybe a a good deal of it. The anonymity, the venom, heck, I deal with it every day. And I can imagine how these guys who have been in Congress for so long and (laughs) That in and of itself is a a tragedy as far as I'm concerned, regardless of party. But how they feel on a day like this and and, and a sign of where our politics have devolved and they have devolved. And the question I think that we have to ask ourselves is conservatives, uh, Democrats, independents. I don't know that progressive extremists go through this type of of reflection, but I think that well-meaning Democrats do. Uh, but you know, the, and I'm talking when I say extremists, I'm talking about you know that that 20% of individuals who identify themselves as socialists or communists or those who seek to do harm to this country, those are the people I'm talking about. Those are the ones most active on social media, by the way. But the rest of us, how do we get back? to civility because I think in particular in social media those people have won the day the extremists have won the day and how do we get it back I'll uh, have more from uh, Congressman Rodney Davis who described his phone call to his family he couldn't call right away because his cell phone was left on the field because it was part of a crime scene We'll get into that coming up next. More to come on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, I'm, I just, we just downloaded some sound, folks, moments ago while we were in break. Of course, it's, all this stuff comes down in break. Uh, it, this was Barton and Doyle. These are the two managers of the Republican and Democrat baseball teams, and they were asked a question. And it's pretty much in line with what you and I were talking about. Was this tone? Uh, listen to the question from the report, the unnamed reporter in Barton's answer and Doyle's answer. Listen to this. Do you think you, you clearly are both um, moved by this morning's events? Do you think this will translate into any actual change in you know six months from now? I would say yes, because this is this is a the institution of the Congress, the extension of that this baseball game where. You know, we play it to have fun, but we we raise a lot of money for charity. We'll raise over a half a million dollars for charity tomorrow night. And 
I think a lot of members who came to the briefing this morning feel like it's time to take a step back. Take a step back. And you, we all, and we all know what he's talking about. The Russia Trump, Trump Russia, the Trump stole the election, the he's an illegitimate president, needs to be impeached. Maxine Waters, Al Green, take to the streets the vice presidential candidate from the last cycle, Senator Tim Kaine. Th- this, this rhetoric is damaging over an extended period of time. And we have had a sustained level of this hate for the last seven to eight months. Now, a lot of these liberals don't think they're being hateful. They, they have found a way to justify in their minds dehumanizing these individuals. And I'm going to play some sound bites in a minute that will remind all of you and our left-wing pals that, that these folks are human. And you can decry the policy. You can call the policy wrong and anti-American. And we often do. But when you start advocating for violence and excusing violence, there's a couple of leftists that showed up on Tucker Carlson's program the last couple of weeks justifying violence, would not condemn the violence because they believed Trump deserved it and Republicans deserved it. And these are the people carrying the day. At least over on Fox, these people were called out. Not so much over at CNN. Hmm. And... uh... I can tell you, Mike Doyle inviting the Republicans to dinner at the Democratic Campaign Committee has got to be a historic first step in, in, uh, in, in bipartisanship. And I'm going to order the most expensive steak on the menu. If you have steak on the menu, we're, we're Democrats. We don't have steak. So that's-, <laughs> that's pretty funny. We're Democrats. We don't have steak. <laughs> It's just a group club. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say yes. Uh, I've been around this place a long time, and I've seen a lot of tragedy happen, and I've seen us all say it's going to change, and, and uh, it hasn't. So let me say the answer I would say is I hope so, because uh, it needs to happen. Uh, but I guess time will tell. Yeah. Well, uh, mark it on the calendar. I agree with Congressman Doyle, a Democrat. It needs to happen. It doesn't mean you have to sit there and say, oh, I agree with everything Republicans say or I agree with everything Democrats say. But it's like, come on, dial it back. Dial it back. Draw the line at violence. There used to be a line there that nobody would cross. Not today. Not with President Donald Trump in the office. And I think we've seen a culmination of that in today's events. Congressman Rodney Davis was on with Fox this morning, and here's how that back and forth went. Police that were on the ground as part of Steve Scalise's detail immediately began returning fire. These are the heroes that stopped the massacre of innocent women, men, women, and children in that park today. Have you spoken with your family, sir? I did. I did. Um, I called my my wife and my children uh, immediately when I got a hold of a phone because... My phone's still hanging in a bag in a crime scene. What'd you tell him? I told him I love you. And Dad's okay. It's great to see you, sir. You too. Thank you for your time. Rodney Davis, the Republican congressman from Illinois, live on Capitol Hill. That was Bill Hammer over at Fox News.
they were all a little choked up. Uh, some had, the, as I said, Joe Barton had his own kids there. Now, they're older kids. But here's, uh, here's Congressman Rodney Davis from Illinois, a Republican. And you could tell it was emotional to call home. I dodged a bullet today from a crazed maniac. In our what's supposed to be a civilized society, we came up with our system of government so we wouldn't be shooting at each other over policy differences. And un, unlike what you've been told, my friends on the Democrat side and the extremist liberal side, other, aside from what you've been told, these are human beings. Human beings with families. And they're not the monsters that the folks at CNN and the folks at MSNBS and the folks at ABC, NBC and CBS have claimed they are. Congressman Duffy was reacting, a Republican, reacting to the shooting of the GOP at the practice field, echoing the sentiments of uh, Rodney Davis. Kind of threats that come people's way uh, to Republicans and to Democrats and the threats that are made and the violence. I think this country has to take a pause and really rethink our values and our morals. And you have good people on both sides who come here to serve that are attacked um, uh, with language all the time. We have to, we well, have to look at this and go, take the temperature down. These are real people with real families. Um, and if you get that kind of leadership, um, I think that signals to the rest of the country, hey, these aren't sitting targets. Um, these are real men and women um, who have families and lives. Yeah, f- families and lives. And there was a man who showed up who hated Donald Trump, who hated Republicans, who, I, I mean, I, I can't repeat the things he was posting on his Facebook page, but we did post these up on the Facebook page, The Chris Salcedo Show. Just find it on Facebook and you can... Read for yourself the amount of hatred this man had in his heart when he opened fire today without regards to the families and the women and men who would be affected. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Madam President, I have just been informed that the alleged shooter at the Republican baseball practice this morning is someone who apparently volunteered on my presidential campaign. I am sickened by this despicable act, and let me be as clear as I can be. Violence of any kind is unacceptable in our society, and I condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. That was the socialist senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders. The individual who was a supporter of Mr. Sanders, who did the shooting today, uh, was a big advocate for socialism. He regarded socialism as we the people. Of course, anyone with an understanding of history or what socialism truly is and what it does to societies understands it is 
uh, a mechanism to empower government, not empower the people. And its cancerous cousin, communism, does much the same. Now, none of that is really germane to the violence we saw today, only in, in as far as this. Is that individuals with this thought process, uh, maybe this guy didn't rationalize everything out to where it ultimately leads. And, they, and it's been my experience that many of these people on the extremist left, they rarely do. Most of them have utopian visions. Like, I would say, the socialist senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, does. Socialism is wonderful, although there's no example of it ever working uh, positively in anybody's life. There's no, there's no example of communism ever succeeding. And what I mean by succeeding is uh, freedom, liberty, prosperity. That's, that's the conservative's bar. Freedom, liberty, and prosperity. You lose all of those in this trade-off where government is, quote-unquote, taking care of everybody. And, and when government gets to make those kinds of decisions, when government has the guns, um, uh, yeah, everybody gets taken care of, right? And if you speak up against that government, guess what? You're taken care of. You're never heard from again. That's where it all leads. Every lesson of history tells us these things. So, um, I, I th this this ideology leads to this type of violence, in my view. Now, there is a reason why so many on the extremist left are decrying our ability to to defend ourselves. They're coming out and they're trying to say, "Oh, see, it was th it was this guy, this this nut. If he didn't had a if he didn't have a gun, well, the nuts and the illegal folks are going to find, you know, I, I mean, illegal as in their status, folks who do illegal activity. They're going to find illegal weapons. It would be it will be the law abiding who doesn't have um, guns to defend themselves, and that's what." People like Bernie Sanders don't understand, or maybe he does, because remember, this was a big, this was a big back and forth between he and Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders comes from a part of the country that values their, their right of self-defense. So he was more to the common sense side of gun rights than was Hillary Clinton, who operated in some la-la land. And you know what? I don't want to, no, Hillary Clinton is too smart for that. She knows where losing the right of self-defense leads. She knows all too well, and that's why she supported it. She knows where it all leads. And it's uh, for those who are smart like Hillary Clinton, uh, that, that is, in my, in my view, a deplorable, to borrow one of her, her descriptors, a deplorable stance to take against citizens' right of self-defense. Not a right that was given by government, by the way. A right that was given by God, and then our government said, and that we said, when we formed our government, that we would protect your God-given right to defend yourself. Uh, if the Capitol Hill police were not on that field today, this would have been a slaughter. This would have been a massacre. The reason why they were there is because of Steve Scalise. 
He is in leadership, and that's why you had Capitol Hill police and you had a security detail because he was a member of leadership. Now, Scalise went down. He is not the worst injured, although he had to go through surgery. A staffer for uh, Texas Congressman Roger Williams was, my understanding, hit in the chest with a round and is in critical condition. We have not received an update on his status as of yet. But as Scalise goes down and is wailing in pain, Senator Jeff Flake and a guy named Brad Winstrip, who is a congressman from Ohio, who was also a veteran of the Iraq war, doctor, they both wanted to get to him. However, this was going on. So they couldn't get to him. Well, this, well, while not only were shots being fired by the gunmen, but also return fire was going on from those brave individuals who put themselves into harm's way. And as the president said in his statement, they even took a couple of bullets and still kept firing at the suspect, still kept firing at the shooter. And Brad Winstrip, Ohio congressman, a veteran and a doctor, detailed for Fox today, his perspective well once the shooting stopped i left my my position behind a building where i could keep an eye on him ran out there with senator flake and began putting pressure on him on the wound and checking him out and uh doing what you call a sweep checking for any other any other wounds he's talking about congressman steve scalise that was that was who they rushed out to help uh, they were pinned down by gunfire for a while. I mean, we're, we're talking about a baseball field in Virginia. Pinned down by gunfire. And finally, Brad Winstrip could move. And then when the medics came, we had better bandaging that we could put on the wound and we kept him stable and make sure that he was conscious and aware and got him some hydration. Yeah. And then uh, stabilized him until the ambulance could come. Wow. What was the condition of the security agents? Because we understand both of them were shot as well. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you at this point because I stayed with Steve. I did see right. that there were others being tended to and uh, did have injuries and, and some blood. Yeah. So, thank goodness, Brad Winstrip was there, medical doctor. Uh, tomorrow we'll have an expert on to talk about first aid. If you find yourself in this type of situation uh, where you can get uh, training, uh, let let me, before I get to Jeff Flake, the senator from Arizona, before I get to him, let me reiterate something I said in the first hour. You are the first line of defense for your family. And I don't care whether you're a woman or a man. You are the first line of defense. I encourage anyone within the sound of my voice to investigate firearms if you decide that's for you to go get training for those firearms to get licensed to carry those firearms and get comfortable with them you are the first line of defense i also encourage you to take advantage of tomorrow's segment and learn first aid it could be the difference there's an expression that 
when moments count, the police are minutes away. When seconds count, the police are minutes away. Took them three minutes to respond out there today. That's pretty dang quick, but still, as you could hear, a lot of rounds were fired in that three minutes, and it seems like an eternity. Senator Jeff Flake, he was at a different, he was on the opposite side of the field from Brad Winstrup and watched Scalise go down as well. We were doing batting practice and there are a number of members and staff uh, fielding. Uh, Steve Scalise was on second base, playing second base, fielding balls. And um, all of a sudden we heard a, heard a loud, very loud shot. Everybody thought that sounds like a gun. And the gunman was over by the third base dugout with a clear view of the field and everybody on it. And uh, then all of a sudden a couple more shots and we knew what it was. And I, I just remember seeing some uh, gravel, you know, bounce up as, as shots were coming near us. And so we, we climbed into the dugout um, and uh, tried to get our own people engaged. Some people were calling 911. It was at least 10 minutes um, because uh, we were applying pressure to one of the staffers was shot in the leg. And we had we got a belt out and put that on. Wow. Got a belt. Give me your belt. Got to make a tourniquet. This is this is what they were they were doing a triage right there in the right in the middle of Virginia in a baseball field. Sitting members of Congress. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And we could see Steve Scalise out into the field. He dragged himself after he was shot from near second base about 10 or 15 yards into the field just to be I think a little further away from the gunman, but he was laying motionless out there. And so I wanted to get to him, uh, but there were still shots going overhead from both sides. And uh, so finally, when we heard that the, the, the shooter was down, um, I just ran low out to Steve and, uh, and started putting pressure on the wound. Um, and then we, for about 10 or 15 minutes, did that until the medics arrived. Good grief. Good. Can you guys imagine it? I can't imagine it. Um, there's something going on in Capitol Hill right now. And uh, we'll, we'll I th yeah, I think we can go there. Hold on one second. Let me see what's happening here. We saw courage in the face of death. And we saw examples of why all Americans should be grateful every day for law enforcement officers around this country. This is Texas Congressman Roger Williams speaking on one of his staffers being shot. Been 25 deaths or more today. I think we had 25 team players and about 15 staff. But officers Griner and Bailey prevented that, and my family and I will be forever grateful. The thin blue line held today. And law enforcement officers everywhere should be proud. And Americans everywhere should be thankful that this is still the kind of country that still produces these kinds of heroes. So ask everybody to join me in praying for the victims and for their full recoveries before you go to bed tonight. I'll be happy to take some questions. Roger Williams, congressman from Texas. Again, one of his staffers, arguably one of the hardest hit by today's attack. We're at the show up coming up next, folks. It's Chris Salcedo's show here on The Blaze. Be right back. The antidote to the Brian Williams press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo. To be able to prevent these types of tragedies from occurring again in the future. You know, we have all of these town hall meetings where, uh, like given the fact that the Republicans are in power, you know, they're, they're, they're facing this onslaught of very nasty uh, constituents, largely constituents, who are who are angry and letting it be known, and it gets pretty heated. Uh, and then we have an environment where in New York, as I'm sure you're aware, the Shakespeare Festival, in which the, the lead character was a Donald Trump character, and they assassinate the guy. Um, and a comedian who, 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 who carries the head uh, of the President of the United States. At what point do you just say enough? At what point do you just say enough? Asks Neil Cavuto. And I... Well, I got to be honest with you. I've been at that point for the last three months. Enough. Enough with the baseless accusations. Enough with the playing politics, willing to burn down the country if you can't rule it, if you can't run it. This is, this, that, you, you don't win anything when you win that way. And I, I, and I think I've used that, that phraseology before. When, when you burn it down, what's left afterward? You're, you're the king or the queen of a, of a burned down, dilapidated, uh, no, basically nothing, but you rule it. What is it? I'm, Struggling to remember my Milton. Better to. Uh, better to rule in hell. Than to be ruled in heaven. I'm paraphrasing, but you guys get the idea. And. I, I, I've never subscribed to that attitude. There's so much to lose in the United States. And the civility and the ability to debate issues to miss and to win or lose. But some people have been taught, well, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to lose graceful anymore. You don't have to look at things and say, well, let me gracefully bow out. No, now, now you get to be upset. You get your safe space. And I don't know the country survives that folks. All right, remember everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, rather. It's measured by how much power is reserved for we the people, and I, by God, it's about time we start reasserting that power, isn't it? I'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll cover more of this. Be back then. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.